I want to go through Galatians and Ephesians. And so, little by little, we'll cover some of these New Testament books. And I uh, hope that it'll be a blessing to you. But the book of Galatians and chapter 1. Now, the book of Galatians was written mainly for the Gentiles. And, of course, Hebrew was what? Probably written for the Hebrews. And uh, Galatians is the, um, the battle cry of the Reformation. A man is justified by faith without works. You'd be surprised how many people make that same statement, and then when you listen to them on radio or TV, it seems like when they get to the gospel part, they seem like they add a little works to it, but they don't, evidently they don't know they're doing it. Because evidently, but it's so obvious, and you can detect it, and uh, they, but they don't see it. Uh, in traveling around, and in the last few years, I've been in probably 120 churches, and I invariably will go to the, the track rack. You know, almost churches have some tracks. We got tracks in our bookstore. And so I always look at the tracks, and I never pay any attention to mainly sometimes the heading on it or looking at a few pages and stuff. I always turn it over and look at the back. What does a man have to do to be saved? I want to find out what does he say? Because that's how I judge whether or not I, I want to read the rest of it. It's not clear. I can't use it. I've kind of liked the old track that I've been using for all these years, and y'all have been using the same track. A little variations, but... Um, Boy, I've seen about 150 different variations of the heaven track. But anyway, in the book of Galatians, uh, these are some churches that were started by the Apostle Paul when he went to Antioch and Iconium and Lystra and Derbe and places of Galatia and uh, won these people to Christ. But whenever he led them to the Lord, there'd always come these legalistic Judaizers. They kind of like followed Paul, try to undo what he did. Now, they couldn't win people to the Lord, but they tried to take the ones that he had reached and mess them up. There's always people like that. They can't reach people, but they like to mess up those that somebody else has got. Anyway, there were three main areas of these Judaizers that was a false teaching. And so as you read through the book of Galatians, you'll see that the apostle Paul will address these issues, and it should help a person to be fairly clear. And one of those is, is on the legalism, that you're saved by your works, your rituals, or your ceremonies. We know that in studying the Bible that that is not true. No man is saved by his works. But that is clear cut. We can automatically tell, hey, that's wrong. That's wrong. But then you uh, have somebody who had, you know, grace and works together. Now, that's harder to detect because it sounds like, well, it's, it says they said it's by saved by grace. But, and then they butt it all over the place. And so you hear the both sides. And generally, if a preacher is clear on one message, and he's muddy the next message, he's muddy. The clear was the accident. The muddy is the way he really is. And so when you, you hear it, and you listen to it, and you think, well, boy, he's just right. We are straight right down the line. And then you'll hear them preach a sermon and say, where in the world did that come up? And uh, they add works to the gospel. So it will help you to understand that. And so they were guilty of teaching and accusing the apostle Paul of being an extreme antinomian. Antinomian. I was accused of that one time. Well, several times. That's when I was blackballed in two major denominations. One year, a year and a half after I left Florida Bible College, I... Um, 
I had a couple experiences up in Minnesota. And anyway, I was accused of um, being so against the law that I was accused of being an anti, anti, against, nomian law. So I was against the law. So that means that you're just, for people just living any way they want to live. Doesn't make any difference how you live. Well, nobody's ever heard me say it doesn't make any difference how you live. Now, if you're talking about salvation, that's true. You're talking about the Christian life and God's blessings and rewards in heaven. Now, that's a totally different issue. I want people to serve the Lord with all my heart, but not to be saved. But if they have trusted Christ as Savior, I believe they should. But if they don't, are they still saved? Yes. So one of the questions that was generally asked of me by preachers, because I walked into one ministerial association meeting, somebody asked me if I would go. So I went, about 30 of them in there, preachers, all kind of religions. And uh, so the one question that the person stood up, he says, I got a question for you. Okay. okay. I mean, I'm just young. I'm not a Bible college. I've only been at 22. I'm about 28 years old. <laughs> Knew everything. But anyway, this guy. He says, can a practicing homosexual be a Christian, die and go to heaven? Practicing homosexual means still in this end. Now, isn't that a loaded question? And so they probably expected me to him and haw and uh, sweat it out. And as soon as he said it, he says, can a practicing homosexual be a Christian, die and go to heaven? I said, yes, of course he can. Sure. What's your problem? And buddy, I had about 20 of those preachers jump to their feet and started <laughs> hollering at me. And, uh, and I said, wait, 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 wait. I would venture to say something's worse than that is it probably most of you people sitting in this room, and I'm talking to preachers, I said, most of y'all probably don't even know where you're going when you die anyway. <laughs> now, b back then, years ago, I was, I was bold. I, di I didn't care. I, and I said, you're probably going to hell. I said, you're probably not even saved. And so then it says, well, what do you mean? Well, that's exactly what I wanted him to say. Now I've got to explain what I mean. So I went through the gospel and I explained, now this is what it is, and this is what it is not. And I says, and if you believe that you're saved by grace, but you're kept by your works, I says, you don't understand it. I said, you don't understand it at all. I said, eternal life is a gift. And a man is saved by grace. I says, just pretend for a moment. Let's say that practicing homosexual is a Christian, and that person dies, and that person goes to heaven. That'd be grace, wouldn't it? Well, and anyway, people can't believe. But because you defend it that way, and you're talking about salvation, people still have problems believing that you can be saved, and you don't have to serve the Lord. And how you live has nothing to do with your destination. It doesn't affect your destination. Now, it affects your way of travel, yes, but not your destination. My destination is fixed. That's what Christ did for me. Now, I should show the Lord how much I love him by loving the Lord and serving him and seeking to please him. And so the book of Galatians is also written to show us how to live the Christian life. But you've got to separate salvation from service. Told a man the other day. I says, how many kids you got? He says, I've got five. I says, how many of them did you tell them how to live before they were born? He says, I get your point. But he didn't like my point. 
You have to be born into God's family before you teach them how to live. My kids, they're born into my family. Then I try to teach them how to live. But you don't try to teach a child how to live till after he's born. I said, don't that make sense? So when you come to salvation, either you're going to defend it or you don't defend it. And you have to know what it is. You have to know what it isn't. And if it is by grace, it cannot be by works. And if a man does not deserve it, he can't deserve it before or after. I am not going to heaven now more so because now I deserve to go. After all, I've been preaching for 40-something years. I deserve to go. And there's other people, well, they don't live for the Lord, so they don't deserve to go. You'd be surprised how many people in the back of their mind still believe you're saved by grace with your works. One annuls the other. See, the one way or the other. But then also on the thing about Galatianism, trying to make sure that you understand that you're saved by grace and you're kept saved by grace. It's not that you're saved by grace and then the Lord indwells you and helps you to live good enough to make it. Many people believe you when you trust Christ as Savior, He forgives you of your sins you've done. And now he's going to give you the power to live this life good enough to make it someday. Gong, that is not the gospel. And it's not the truth. So Galatians was written for several reasons. To expose false teaching. So as we read the book of Galatians, you're going to see that it exposes this one and this one and this one. Because the only way you can expose false teaching is by true teaching. If you don't know the truth, you cannot discern error. So that's why you study the truth. The truth will make you free. And so also you're defending Paul's apostleship because he claimed to be an apostle. And even in the book of Corinthians, he says, am I not an apostle? He says, are not ye my work in the Lord? Have not I seen the Lord? He says, evidently, ye are my work. I am an apostle. And he did the signs and the miracles and so forth. So he says that he is going to defend his position. Now, I'm a little bit like the apostle Paul in the sense, well, I don't really like to defend myself on anything. I like to say what I say and believe what I believe and do it. And if people don't like it, that's tough. But I do realize there's sometimes I need to explain why I say what I say and do what I do. And uh, so that you're not purposely being offensive. Now, all truth is offensive. Jesus Christ offended more people probably than anybody. Is it because he was wrong? It wasn't because he was wrong. It's because truth exposes error. And a lot of people are in error. And also to show you that salvation is by faith alone without a mixture of law and grace. And also that teaches the Christians on how to live. So... In a, a few chapters here, and there's only six chapters, but chapter 1 and chapter 2 are personal. The Apostle Paul telling you where he's coming from, where he got the gospel and talking about his um, meeting with the head honchos in Jerusalem and how that their message did not add anything to his message, that he got his message straight directly from the Lord himself. And that's in verse 11, 12, and 13, so on. Now, you also have in chapter 3 and 4 is doctrinal. 
you have a lot of good doctrine taught. And so when you teach the doctrine, then in chapter 5 and 6, uh, it explains the position of the practicality, the application. So it's personal, first two chapters, and the second two chapters is doctrinal, and the last two chapters is practical. The application, put it into practice, the two natures, the walk that you have in the Lord. Now in every one of these chapters, all chapter 6, uh, chapter 6, uh, chapter 1 tells you where the gospel came from, from the Apostle Paul's point of view. Not talking about the other apostles, he's talking about where he got his message. So he's talking about where the gospel came from, how he got the message. And then who the gospel came through. And then in chapter 3, who the gospel came to. Chapter 4, the child of God is born. So, you know, you got lost people. So Paul is kind of laying it out in a system that, you know, here's a lost man, and now here's a child, and then here's uh, his direction he's supposed to go, and blah, blah, blah. So it's all laid out, and it all follows. And whenever you study the scriptures that way, then you can... You can follow the train of thought. Otherwise, you think it's just this truth, and then this truth, and then that truth. No, it's a, it flows. It's, it, he builds a case like a lawyer does, and he presents it in court and wants you to look at the evidence, and this is what he does. And so the child is born in chapter 4. Chapter 5, the child has to learn to stand and to walk. So in chapter 5, it starts off, it's stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and walk in the Spirit, not walking in the flesh. And so then when you come to chapter 6, it talks about how the child of God should run. And we should run the race that is set before us. And so it all lays it out in a very good, I believe, um, outline form. But anyway, so Paul told the truth. He told the truth about the gospel in chapter 1. He told the truth about the law in chapter 2. He told the truth about grace in chapter 3. He told the truth about the Son in chapter 4. And the truth about growth in chapter 5. And about the Lord in chapter 5. Because we are children of his household. And it says pray about everything and about everybody. But especially them of the household of God. So there's a, a lot of good stuff to learn here in the book of Galatians. So look in the book of Galatians and chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Paul an apostle, not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So Paul says, hey, my appointment, it did not come from man. What I got came from the Lord came from the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one that raised up Jesus from the dead. That's who has given me the authority to teach what I teach. And if you look there in verse 11, look in verse 11. He said, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. So not only was my apostleship given to me by God himself, the message that I preached did not come from man, didn't come from the other apostles, it didn't come from uh, sitting at the feet of Gamaliel, it came from Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ appeared to Paul and 
taught Paul. Now, wouldn't that have been some Bible school to sit in there? Here you are going all the way up there to Chicago, and wouldn't you have liked to sit at the feet of the Lord himself? Jesus taught him what to say. See what he says there in verse 12? But I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ taught Paul. Now, buddy, that's some teaching. I would believe probably he knew what he was talking about. And if he says that it is not by your works, then it's probably not of your works. God told him that. And so um, I guess people can believe whatever they want to believe, but I happen to believe. In studying the scriptures over the years, I can't fathom the idea that any man, a group of men, natural men, could write the Bible. They couldn't write such truths. They couldn't even make it up. This is the Word of God. Uh, look what he says in verse 2. He's writing this to the churches that are in Galatia. And like I said, that's Antioch and Iconium and Lystra and Derbe. Uh, four major cities that he went to. Outside of the city of Lystra is where he was stoned to death and caught up into heaven. In chapter 12 he says, And I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, he said, I cannot tell. But such a one was caught up into the third heaven. And I saw things unlawful for a man to speak about. And because of the abundance of the visions and revelation, he says, God gave me a thorn in the flesh. Uh, we don't really know what that thorn in the flesh was. Might have been his bad eyesight, could have been a bad back, might have been who knows what. But he had to suffer. And it was always to keep him humble and dependent upon the Lord. And so something that kind of just beat him down all the time. Boy, what a man. But anyway, in verse 3 he says, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. Who gave himself for our sins. That's so hard for some people to understand. And I used it in order to witness to people. When I say, look, let me ask you two things. Isn't it true that you've heard most of your life that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for all the sins of the world? Eh, yeah, I heard that. Question number two. If he paid for all the sins of the world, why would you go to hell? Of course, he goes because he rejects the payment, but he don't know that yet. Why would you have to go to hell and pay for sin if Christ paid for all the sins of all the world? And most of them have no clue. I said, well, let me explain it to you. But I like to start off sometime with those two little simple questions. A lot of time I use uh, 1 John 5.13. If you could know you could have eternal life, wouldn't you like to know? I, you know, the Bible says, let me show you right here. Now show them 1 John 5.13. The Bible says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So can you know you have eternal life? Yes. Can you know you're going to heaven? Of course you can greatest news in the world. But here in verse 4, it's not only to save you from hell and have your sins forgiven, but also that in this present evil world to be able to deliver you from sin that's in the present evil world where you are now. Now I know the day is coming when we're all going to be taken out of here. We're going to have a new body. We won't have a sinful nature. We won't have to worry about it. Everybody in here, we're going to love each other. We won't have to pretend. It'll be real. 
And we're not going to have a sinful nature where we want to do anything wrong. We have no ulterior motives. It's, uh, it's going to be wonderful. But we're not there yet. So we often talk about when we're saved, we're saved, saved, saved. And what I mean by that is we're saved from the penalty of sin, which is death and hell. We are being saved from the power of sin in our life. And someday we will be saved from the very presence of sin. So we're saved, saved, saved. I have been saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. Now, a lot of people take that to mean that I have been saved, and I'm still working on being saved, and now one day I hope I will be saved. No, no I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when I was saved, I was saved from the penalty of sin. I'll never have to go to hell. But now, once I've trusted him as my Savior, and God is my Father, and the Holy Spirit indwells me, I'm his child, the Holy Spirit living within us into our mortal bodies is to give us the power that we need over sin in our life. See, sin, that sinful nature you and I have, is powerful. It's very strong. And it's real. And every one of us have it, and every one of us are going to struggle. And many times we fail. But along with this old sinful nature you have, God has given to you and I the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's so that we can live in this present evil world and have victory. So that the sin nature does not dominate you. Now you have your sin nature. You can't say when you don't have it. You'll have it until the day you leave this old body. It's in our flesh. It's in our members. And that's why we call it the lust of the flesh, the physical body. Now God saved your soul, washed it white as snow, but he never touched your body. Now he's going to redeem your body one of these days. He's going to come down here, he's going to change your body, he's going to take it to heaven. And if you're alive when Christ comes back, he's going to change you in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, and we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So I believe that day is coming. So look what he says in verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. And we know one day we'll totally be out of this old present evil world. So I have been saved. I am being saved. And one day I will be saved. Means be delivered from this present evil world by either death here or the rapture. But I'm going to be out of this old world. And in verse 5 he says to whom? Be glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. Now verse 6. I taught this a lot because I, I, I usually always refer to verse 6. And the following verses down to about verse 9. Because they're so good and so powerful. He says, I, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him who called you into the grace of Christ into a, another gospel. But there is not another gospel. But there's some who would trouble you and pervert the gospel of Christ. He said, but though we or an angel from heaven preach unto you any other gospel than that which we have delivered unto you, he says, let him be accursed. But now, in verse 6, he had already been there. He led these people to the Lord. But something's changed. What happened? Some of these legalistic Judaizers had come down and got a hold of some of these people and stirring them up and telling them they had to keep the law and was putting them back under the law. And so Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed. In other words, you may say, well, I've been coming here to Calvary for 20, 30 years. Did you know you could leave this church, go to another church, 
Now, they're not as clear, but you already got this good foundation, and you, you know what you believe, and you're going to stand right there. And so you accept it, and then accept it, and you know after a while, you won't see anything wrong. You'll lose your discernment. You will not be as clear as you used to be. You can be changed. You can be moved. You say, well, it won't happen to me. I've been doing this a good while. And I've seen people change that said they were never changed. I sat in Bible college with students that heard everything just like I heard. And we all agreed, man, we're going to stand for the gospel to our dying day and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And buddy, you'd be surprised how fast people can change. Anyway, verse 6, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ, or the gospel of Christ, unto another gospel. So the grace of Christ would be the gospel, and being changed from the grace of Christ into another gospel, he says um, there's two Greek words, heteros, and the other word is alos. Alos means of the same kind, and there's one of a different kind. So you have the, uh, the word here, heteros, of a different kind. But God says there's not another gospel of the same kind, and there's not another gospel of a different kind. So it uses both words. There's only one gospel. There's not two gospels. And so whenever you add works to the gospel, it's no longer the gospel. So the Bible says here in verse 7, which is not another. It's not another gospel of the same kind. But there be some that trouble you, and those that trouble them. It's just like in the book of Acts in chapter 15, uh, where he talks about they went out from us, that it might be revealed that they were not all of us. For had they been of us, they no doubt would have continued with us. But because they were not of us, they went out from us. Does that make sense? It's First John chapter 2 also. But he makes the statement that there were those who would trouble them. And they troubled them by subverting people in their mind by a false gospel. And when you start believing a false message, you start propagating a false message. And when you no longer see anything wrong with certain terminology, then it becomes acceptable. And then you start promoting a message that once you despised. But it happens little by little. Now look what he says. In verse 7, he says, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you. He's talking about mentally. He said, and would pervert the change. Reverse. The gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And we'll get into that a little bit more next. But I believe that the book of Galatians is an awesome book, great book. Got a lot of good truths in it, and it is the, uh, the battle cry of the Reformation. This is the, uh, I believe, the book that shows you what the gospel is, what it is not. And uh, I believe the teaching on the two natures in the fifth chapter is the key for understanding the Christian life. So it is a, a great book, and enjoy getting into that.